Today, we're going to read The Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady by Edith Holden. On January 1, 1906, Edith Holden made the first entry in a diary which was to record the countryside through the changing seasons. Her words, all carefully written by hand, include her favorite poems, personal thoughts, and observations on the wildlife surrounding her home in the village of Oulton, Warwickshire. The exceptionally beautiful paintings on every page of birds, butterflies, bees, and flowers reflect her deep love of nature. They have been executed with a naturalist's eye for detail and the sensitivity of an artist. Edith Holden's diary of that year became a very special book for her, and she allowed no one to see it. For 70 years, this enchanting book had lain undiscovered until it was found recently on the shelves of an English country house. Now, being published for the first time, this full-color facsimile edition recaptures all the freshness, charm, all the freshness, charm, and the beauty of the original. Edith Holden was born at Kings Norton, Worcester, in 1871, one of seven children of the Midlands paint manufacturer. The family lived in the small village of Oulton in Warwickshire, and it was there that she wrote and illustrated this book. After attending art school, after attending art school, she worked as an illustrator with her drawings, often of animals, being published in several books. She later moved to London, and in 1911 met and married Ernest Smith, a sculptor. They lived in Chelsea and had no children. On March 16, 1920, in her 49th year, Edith died tragically by drowning in the Thames while gathering buds from chestnut trees. Nature's Notes, as it begins, for 1906. Starting with January, as we go through the year, January named from the Roman god Janus, who is represented with two faces looking in opposite directions as retrospective to the past and prospective to the coming year. January 1st, New Year's Day. January 6th, Twelfth Day, Epiphany. Starting with January 1st, New Year's Day. It was bright and cold with hard frost. January 5th, Great Gale of Wind and Rain from the Southwest. January 11th, visited a small wood on the canal bank to get violet leaves. On moving away some of the dead leaves lying beneath the trees, I discovered a wild acrum plant thrusting its white sheath up from the soil. When I removed the outer covering, the pale yellow leaves with dark spots were quite discernible, rolled tightly round each other, and beautifully packed away inside the white skin. I noticed that many of the leaf buds on the elderberry bushes had burst into green. The 12th of January. Saw several moorhens feeding on a newly plowed field not far from a pond. The 14th. Great gale of wind and rain. On the 18th. Today I saw a curious oak tree growing in a field near Eldham Park. From a distance it looked as if half the tree were dead and the other half covered with glossy green leaves. On examination, the main trunk and two of the main branches proved to be of a species of oak that has mossy acorn cups and large, deeply serrated leaves. Leafless in winter, though, growing out of the crown of the trunk and forming fully half of the tree was an evergreen or cork oak in full foliage. The join in the two trunks was scarcely perceptible. January 23rd. 
It was a sharp frost and thick fog in the early morning. The fog cleared off about 9.30 a.m., and the sun shone brightly. So we went for a walk, a country walk, and every twig on every tree and bush was outlined in silver tracery against the sky. Some of the dead grasses and seed vessels growing by the roadside were especially beautiful, every detail of them sparkling with frost crystals in the sunshine. How pretty is that? I saw great flocks of rocks and starlings down on the fields, and a pair of beautiful bullfinches in a hawthorn bush. The gross was in blossom till within a week or two ago, but the sharp frost of the past week has brought out the hazel catkins wonderfully early. The small green flowers are fully expanded on some of the catkins, and the pretty little red stands of the female flowers are appearing. The green leaves are out of the woodbine, too, making little spots of green among the undergrowth. January 26th. Well, the last few weeks, our own and our neighbor's gardens have been haunted by a very curious robin. The whole of the upper plumage, which is ordinary, robins is brown, shaded with olive green, is light silvery gray in this bird, so that when flying about it looks like a white bird with a scarlet breast. I heard that it was seen about here last summer. It is so conspicuous. It is a wonder it has not fallen a victim to somebody's gun. January 27th. Oh, the primroses, polyanthus, winter, aconut, mazaroon, and snowdrops are all in flower in the garden. And snowdrops, you know, are January's flower. So, in every mild morning now, the birds are seen, and they continue more or less throughout the day. January 29th. Today, I picked some daisies in a field of saw some yew in blossom. The young nettles are shooting up, and a number of herbaceous plants are showing new green leaves. New green leaves as foxglove, mustard, ground ivy, etc. The groundsel is in the flower, too. Plowing and hedging and ditching are going on everywhere. This has been a wonderfully mild January. So as we leave January, this is one of the poems she jotted down and wrote in her own hand. Therefore all seasons shall be sweet to thee, whether the summer clothe the general earth with greenness, or the red breast sit and sing betwixt the tufts of snow on the bare branch of mossy apple tree, while the night thatch smokes in the sun-thaw, whether the eavedrops fall, heard only in the trances of the blast, or if the sweet ministry of frost shall hang them up in the silent icicles, quietly shining in the quiet moon. Frost at Midnight is what it's called by S.T. Coltridge. The end.